Thank you very, very much, Bill. Thank you, congregation. It is a joy and a privilege to be here today. And today we continue with the series in Ephesians. And I have been given chapter 5, verses 1 through 21. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn there? I begin with verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetousness, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says... Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Once I knew a young boy who was not able to live at home. His father didn't really have any relationship with the young boy at all. He adored something more than his son. Something else took the place of loving this little boy. Uh, the little boy eventually had to leave his home because his mother became deeply devoted 
to something else other than her son. Something else took the place of the normal, loving, nurturing, teaching, and leading this young boy from childhood to manhood. Something else was more important. Something else took the little boy's place, and a family was destroyed. What is most important to you? Terrence, what's most important to you? Our passage today, it opens by teaching us to imitate God. And there are three things that we're going to see in our text today. And number one, the first is this. God calls us to imitate. God calls us to imitate. Consider with me two questions. What influences you and me most? What are you imitating? What am I imitating? Today we are presented with two ways of living, two roads, if you will, of traveling this life. These two roads, they lead somewhere. They have two completely different destinations. It's important that you remember this letter was written to a church, a gathering of people who identify with Jesus. We follow the Christ. A major point, you all, of Ephesians, as well as the whole Bible, is influence. Jesus-focused influence. Our passage illustrates a good road and a bad road. In the book of Proverbs, in chapters 1 through 9, we we see a father, a, a normal father, educating his son. And what is he trying to get the son to do? He's urging the son to live according to wisdom, to avoid the road called folly. He wants his son to follow wisdom and avoid folly. Well, you all, the apostle writes from prison to the church at Ephesus in order to teach them to avoid the road of folly, avoid the road of foolishness. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. Capital Press family belongs to King Jesus. Therefore, Christ Jesus is our identity. Jesus is our identity. There are ways of living that God teaches us to avoid. Paul spends a significant amount of space here teaching us what it is that we are to avoid as the people of God. Notice with me what it is that we're taught not to imitate. Look at Ephesians 5 verses 3 to 4. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk or crude joking which are out of place. 
but instead he says, let there be thanksgiving. Paul says that these things must not even be named among us. Well, why? Why? Paul, what's the big deal? Because you are saints. You are holy ones. You are consecrated ones. You are people set apart by God for God. You and I, we belong to God. Remember when you were back in chapter 4, Paul, he called this the putting off of the old self. Uh, Paul highlights three things here in chapter 5 regarding the old self or the road of folly, sexual immorality, all impurity, covetousness. Sexual immorality is sex practiced in ways that do not honor God or obey God's instruction. All impurity covers everything that people think or do which rejects God and God's instruction. Covetousness. Covetousness is an insatiable greed that craves more and more and more in complete rejection of what God ordains as enough. These three realities, they are idolatry. Idolatry, and what is idolatry? Idolatry is anything that takes the place of God in your and my life, where we prize and crave and seek it more than anything else in our hearts. Well, this road has a destination, you all. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. Paul writes, for you may be sure of this. You can be absolutely positive that this is true. Everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetousness, that is, and who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. No inheritance. You remember Paul talked earlier in the book about inheritance, especially in chapter one, this wonderful, great, eternal inheritance. Idolatry is worship. Idolatry is worship. It is worship of anything other than God. And brothers and sisters, I want you to know this morning, we imitate what we worship. We imitate what we worship. When the people of Israel were out at the mountain of God and Moses was up on the mountain, God was talking to him, giving him instruction to give to the people. Well, the people became restless, didn't they? And they asked Aaron the high priest to make them a, 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 a golden calf. Did they begin to bow down in worship as if it was, as if that calf brought them out of bondage in Egypt? They praised a lifeless piece of gold in the place of God. For persistent idolatry, Sexual immorality, all impurity, 
and covetousness, for persistent idolatry. The Bible teaches the wrath of God is coming upon the sons and daughters of disobedience. And that means judgment. That means judgment. Brothers and sisters, this may be you. Well, in fact, it is you, but not just you, it's me. It is all of us. We are idolaters. As Bill said last week, Mr. Hyde lives in all of us. It's important, you all, for us to remember of what we are capable of when we reject God. When we forsake God's way, God demands perfection. He demands perfection of all humans. And just as the Bible teaches, we all know how utterly imperfect we are. But today, today, today you sit under a great sign. Today you sit under a, 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 the great sign of God's word pointing you and I to the good road, to the best road, to God's road. This leads to the second thing I want us to see this morning in our passage God calls us to a better way. God calls us to a better way. In verse 1, God calls us children of God. God is your Father, eternal and everlasting, all-powerful, always present. God, your Father, he'll never die. My dad is with the Lord now. He passed away in... Uh, 2017, but God will never pass away. Hallelujah. He's always present with us, his children. God, your father, he'll never desert you. And he always takes care of his children. In verse eight, God calls us light, light in the Lord. Once you were darkness, but things are different now. You are children of light. Well, what does light do? <laughs> it shines, right? It shines in the darkness. You all know uh, Pastor Robert Yancey. You may not know this, but Robert Yancey and I have known each other for almost 25 years now. We went to college together, we were discipled together, and we took a lot of road trips together. And on one of those road trips, I learned something about uh, Pastor Yancey, and he gave me permission to tell you all this today. Rob's family lives on a mountain, on a mountain in North Carolina. At the very back of the mountain, the top of the mountain, at the end of the road, and we drove up there one night, and uh, they, they were gone, uh, hadn't, hadn't gotten back home yet, but as we got up to the mountain, it's pitch black up there. All you could see were the stars. And Rob said, now Terrence, the first thing I gotta do when I get in the house just turn all the lights on. <laughs> we can't do anything else until all the lights are turned on. So you all, I want you to know that our brother loves to live in the light, all right? <laughs> light allows us to walk on the right path and in the right direction. God calls us to walk in love in verse 2. Paul presents Jesus. Jesus as the one we can imitate regarding love. Jesus gave himself to God as an offering and as a sacrifice for us, for you and for me. Allow me to say it this way. Jesus took on 
your sexual immorality. Jesus took on my sexual immorality. Jesus took on your impurity, all of your impurity. Jesus took on all of my impurity. Jesus took on all of our covetousness. Jesus took on all of our idolatry. And what did he do with it? He surrendered his perfect life to God as a fragrant offering and sacrifice so that you and I can be called children of light, children of God, called to walk in love and all through the overwhelming grace of God. Well does Paul say, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It is the call to come to God through Jesus Christ for new life, for new life. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 5, I want you to hear this. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all, all of us, once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of all mankind, but God. But God, my dad used to say often when he would preach, he would give the illustration of standing before the great throne on the day of judgment. And he said, he's standing there and the scales are set before God. He said, the sin is outweighing the bad. But Jesus, but Jesus steps from around the throne and he says, that one. That one belongs to me. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. The third and last thing I want us to see out of our text is God calls us to know God. God calls us to know God. Paul writes here that God calls us to walk in wisdom. Ephesians 5 verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, But understand what the will of the Lord is, and and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Sisters and brothers, there's only one way, there's only one way to know wisdom and to be filled with the Spirit of God. We have to know God's Word. We have to know God's Word. It's the reason we're in here this morning. It's the reason the 1045 service will be here. It's the reason we have Sunday school. It's the reason, one of the reasons you have community groups. It's the reason we'll have service this afternoon at 515. It's the reason we were called as pastors into this ministry. The scriptures must become a part of your everyday life 
accompanied by prayer. God makes himself known through his word. That's why Paul wrote the letter. This is how we're able to discern what is pleasing to the Lord, you all. We follow and we seek God in his word. When we follow God's road, you know, we're going to talk with one another in a spiritual way. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I remember my, my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, several of my relatives singing as they went along their day in difficult times, singing spiritual songs for strength. We'll give thanks to God in all things through Jesus Christ, and we will indeed treat each other with the honor that only God can teach. Last week, I had lunch with two of my former colleagues, and we were discussing Psalm 103. Psalm 103, it begins this way, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And I learned that you all sing a song, a song about Psalm 103. Well, at lunch, we were trying to figure out what the central verse, the central verse in Psalm 103 is, and this is what we arrived at. Psalm 103, verse 14, for God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. I close the message today with this. God calls his people to live in a way that will demonstrate to others that we belong to God. God calls us, his people, to good living, living in the light, Holy living, righteous living, and often we fail, don't we? Often we fail. Often we don't get it right. Well, brothers and sisters, remember this. Remember this as you seek to obey God's word, as you seek to live grace-filled lives in line with God's instructions for the new life that you have in Christ. Remember that you live every day in God's ocean of Grace. How do you know that, Terrence? <laughs> God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Jesus Christ became dust. He became one of us. Why? That he might offer his life as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God in order to bring you and me into the family of God. Jesus became one of us to bring us into the family of God where we will always be cared for by our heavenly Father. This week, you all, I want you to remember to ask yourselves or each other, what influences me the most? What am I imitating? And then remember, you are part of God's family. Let's pray together. Almighty, eternal God, we thank you for thinking for us, remembering that we are dust. We thank you for the instructions that you give to us through the apostle. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us that there is a better way Regardless of what the culture says we are to do, we are to pursue, 
you. We are to know you, our great God. We are to keep in step with you, Holy Spirit. Teach us, O God, to remember that we are called to worship you. Lord, and when we worship you, we'll see all things rightly. Teach us, God, to love one another. Teach us, God, to imitate you. We pray all of these things, O God, in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.